If you guys are doing well, welcome to drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Today we're going to talk about this uh, uh, special prosecutor named Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis is uh, out of Atlanta, and she is going through the ringer over uh, an alleged inappropriate relationship with one of her co-workers. And uh, there's a lot to really dissect here in terms of love and money. And as you guys know, my wife is a relationship therapist. I'm a finance professor. So there are a lot of love and money messages and lessons that can be picked up from this messy situation. And it's also very political because she's the person that's supposed to be taking down Donald Trump. So uh, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to dissect this uh, in a way that's different from mainstream media. So get ready for that. So get comfortable. Buck up your seatbelt. Hit the thumbs up button. Let me know you can hear me. We're going to get started on DrBoysTV.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money and the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I want to say hello to everybody. I see El High. She says, Dr. B is the GOAT. I ain't the GOAT, uh, but you're the GOAT because you support me and I appreciate you. And uh, we got a lot of baby goats up in here. So everybody who in here who wants to be a GOAT, uh, everybody put the word GOAT in the chat. So uh, I want to say uh, hello to the other goats that are in here, the Money Class channel. Good to see you. Uh, my friend uh, Douglas Jones, Charmaine Charles, Karen Dorsey, Victory, Seven Mile Dim. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. All of y'all goats, as far as I'm concerned. I don't want no more extra credit for nothing. I'm just, I, I just get to be, maybe I get to be one of the leaders of the goats. That's all. That's all I'm, I'm, I'm accept that role. But at the end of the day, everybody up in here is a goat. We are all winners. We are all meant to lead. We're all meant to be great. So uh, anyway, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. This podcast is also on Spotify. So if you go to Spotify, look up my name, Boyce Watkins, you can find it there. How many of you know who Fannie Willis is? Give me a yes in the chat. If you know who Fannie Willis is. Uh, or if you want to know who Fannie Willis is, and, and here's a hint, hint, you want to know who Fannie Willis is because she is a she's a bad sister. You know, she's the first female district attorney uh, in, in the city of Atlanta, and she's the one that's been responsible for this uh, prosecution of Donald Trump uh, for all, all of his shenanigans during the election, uh, the election interference that kind of took place. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be said here. Right. And again, I want to start the conversation by uh, allowing us to agree that we are allowed to have whatever political opinion we want. Give me a yes if you agree that we can disagree with, on this Democrat-Republican nonsense and still be friends. I am not here to tell you to be a Democrat or a Republican. Give me a yes <clears throat> if you understand that the goal is to have a conversation uh, with decency and not to get caught up in whether we think Trump is our savior or Trump is a bastard. I don't believe he's either one. I think he's a bastard who definitely ain't my savior. But either way, though, I want to make that clear because, <clears throat> because a lot of times 
we get pulled into this Democrat Republican nonsense. I think black people get manipulated by politicians every day of the week. I don't like it. It irritates me. And while these politicians are getting all of our votes or whatever it is and all of our attention, our community's falling apart. So that's where I stand. If you want to know my two cents, that's where I stand. But this case is interesting. This is very interesting. This piqued my spidey senses because Fannie Willis, who is, uh, she's about my age and she, she was actually born the same year I was born actually. And I'm looking at that here. It looks like, in fact, she was born uh, I don't know what her exact birthday was, <clears throat> but I know she was born the same year as me. So we're the same age. And uh, and she is um, is is doing great. She's I think she graduated from Spelman. Did she graduate from Spelman? No, sorry. She went to Emory Law, uh, Law School in Howard University. My bad. Uh, shout out to Spelman, though. Spelman produces a lot of extraordinary women. Uh, I don't think I know a single loser who went to Spelman. But Fanny did not go to Spelman. Fanny went to Emory. My roommate in college actually went to Emory Law School. Very good law school. And she's very good at what she does. Well, the reason Fannie's in national news right now is because that gentleman next to her that you can see in the picture, if you're listening on Spotify, you can't see his image. Just imagine a bald, uh, good looking black dude, uh, you know, not as good looking as me. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sort of the bald Denzel. At least that's what my wife tells me anyway. So just let, just let me believe that so I can um, so I can sleep at night. But anyway, uh, so this brother, uh, Wade, uh, Nathan Wade is her love interest, apparently. And today, Fanny just made the announcement. She finally confessed that, yes, we are having this thing. Uh, you know, me and Mrs. Jones, we got a thing going on, and and uh, that's what it is, and it's our business. It has nothing to do with the case, whatever. Here's why she did that, um, in my view. The reason Fanny comes out and makes the announcement is because the Trump people, Y'all know how the Trumpsters can be. They like to get messy. So what they did in the case was they pretty much came out with this argument to say that because she's sleeping with her co-worker that's working on this case with her, that invalidates the entire case. So Donald Trump, pretty much being the Donald Trump that we know he is, comes back and says, you know, you're sleeping with this dude. Uh, you know, we're filing affidavits. We're trying to get the case dismissed because you are, you know, doing something that's inappropriate. And uh, you also paid this guy money. And this guy took this money and he went off and did these things with it. And that makes it all illegal, blah, blah, blah. That's what the Trumps are going to do. Now, the, the, the other angle to this, the reason all this got revealed is because Wade is going through a divorce. And the divorce involves this beautiful black woman. Uh, and I don't have her name in front of me, but she is, uh, we'll call, we'll just call her uh, beautiful black woman A. Uh, and, and she, uh, I'll find her name because I'm sure that's not her real name. Uh, but anyway, this sister is going through a divorce with Wade. And, uh, and she is, um, uh, it's interesting because it seems like she's kind of burning the building down. Her lawyers are basically saying, you know, that this guy was terrible. He left her with no money. Uh, she is in her she's in the financial toilet because because he's not providing the way that he did. He's taking these lavish, expensive trips with uh, with this lady he works with. And 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 while, all the while he's doing this, uh, she's she says we're having financial problems. We're at home. We can't pay the bills uh, because I've been a stay at home mom for 26 years. And uh, and, and that's really put us in a tough spot. Okay, so so this is kind of the framework, right? And I wanted to lay out the basic details so we can really get to the the meat of why I would talk about this. I am not here uh, to. I, I talked to my friend the other day, Tasha K. Tasha K. Does gossip. I don't. I'm not a gossip person, uh, but I will give you the facts so that we can understand the message and the lesson here. So, uh, if you recall, there was a book I wrote when I was on the faculty at Syracuse called Financial Lovemaking. 
And financial lovemaking was all about love and money, 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 and how your relationships are impacted by your financial choices and how your financial outcomes are impacted by your relationships. There's the book. You can get a copy at drboycebooks.com or you can go to Amazon if you want to get a copy of it. My wife is my lovely wife and I love her. She's so cute. There, there she is right there. Uh, my wife happens to be a relationship therapist. So uh, with my having a PhD in finance and my wife having her doctorate in areas related to social work and relationships, we talk about love and money all the time. So what uh, is interesting about this case to me, what jumps out to me immediately is the fact that there is a big love and money conversation that could be had from this from so many angles. In fact, there's so many angles, it's hard to really pick one, right? So let's start with the ex-wife, this beautiful black woman who says she's now having these financial problems because her husband is not the provider that he once was. Uh, because he's off gallivanting and, and, and cahooting with uh, Fanny Willis and uh, the homewrecker Fanny, and I'm sure that's what she would call her. And uh, and she's not he's not handling business. He's making six hundred fifty thousand a year. I'm a stay at home mom. I'm struggling financially because he's not helping out. So first step I would start here is if I was to talk to this sister right here, I would say to her what I would say to my daughters, which is that when you get married and you're in a relationship. I believe everybody should have their own economic lifeboat. I believe that in every relationship now, this ain't the 1940s and the 1930s where relationships were more sturdy. Men could be relied on. Women could be depended on. Uh, marriage and, and family mattered more than the individual. You don't live in that world anymore. Now you live in a world where somebody meets, you know, a dude meets a guy, he, a lady he works with. Or in Atlanta, it might be your man meets another man. Nobody knows. Atlanta's an interesting place. And next thing you know, this thing that you've invested in uh, for 26 years, she's invested 26 years in being the stay-at-home mom. Now she claims she's financially destitute because the primary provider has decided he wants to go uh, kick it with Fanny as opposed to uh, kicking it with his wife. I'm not judging that. That's just what it is. That's life. But one of the things I would have said to her is that it is highly risky in this day and age to be a stay-at-home mom with no sort of financial plan B. Right. And, uh, and, and in fact, this is uh, one of the reasons why marriage makes sense uh, to some extent, because marriage is a legal contract that protects you in the event that the partner decides to bounce out and dump you. If that was just her baby daddy or she was his ride or die or they or he was baby mama number three, she would have no protection whatsoever. So, ladies, I just want to make it. You have to understand there's a difference between being the wife and being the baby mama or being the wife and being the ride or die or being the wife and being the side chick or the wife and being the, the main squeeze and all this other stuff. Or when people say that we're, it's, we're just like a married couple, uh, if you don't have paperwork, then you're not just like a married couple. You're just two people that are hanging out together and they can just sort of walk away anytime they want. One of the benefits of marriage is that it makes it a little bit harder to walk away. Now, Brandon makes a great point. He says this is her plan B. And I do agree with that. That's actually an excellent point. I, I think the challenge now, though, is that she's going to have to fight for that, right? In the midst of her trying to get back on her financial feet and get from him what she feels she, she, des she deserves, which I believe she's going to get that, she has to kind of bite, kick, scratch, and claw and go through some economic pain in order to get there. So perhaps uh, a way to protect against that might be, uh, number one, uh, it, while you're in that marriage, that 26 years, uh, I think that in, in terms of finances, I think there should be a his and a hers and an ours in terms of money. Uh, you know, me and my wife do that. My wife has her money. I have my money and we have our money, right? Our money goes to 
take pay for the household, take care of the kids. My money is my money. Her money is her money. And uh, and I think that's one way to possibly think about it. Also, I think that you have to be thoughtful about letting go of your ability to have some control over the finances, because it sounds to me like this poor lady's kind of gotten hit pretty hard by the by this period of time in which she's fighting for this divorce and not getting the financial support she deserves, right? Again, I'm not taking sides on this. There's no side to be taken, but I think that that's interesting. Now, if you look at his side of the picture, here's the thing, This and this is what I like to do. I like to look at everybody's perspective. So from his point of view, where the financial lovemaking lesson comes into play, in my opinion, is that uh, you have to really be thoughtful about who you marry and, 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 and who you are indebted to in terms of who can really mess up your spot. So here you are, you're Nathan Wade. You just got this great opportunity to do this high profile job of working on the Trump case. I imagine that's a big deal for attorneys. You're in the national spotlight. I heard he did a great job. He Now on Fox News and stuff, they're, they're trying to make the argument that he's not qualified. I ignore Fox News on that because Fox News tends to believe every black person is unqualified for their job if, they, if they're not a Republican, right? And that's what and the Democrats do the same thing. If, if, you, if they see a black Republican, they say, oh, he's no good. He's a, he's a slob. Daniel Cameron is unqualified. But that's what they do. They use you if you are in the same political party. If you are black and you're a Democrat, the Democrats love you. Republicans hate you. If you're black and you're a Republican, Republicans love you and Democrats hate you. It ain't got nothing to do with your race. It has to do with your place. It has to do with the political party you're affiliated with. A black, a, a white Republican will love the shit out of a black Republican because they can use you in order to get other black people to become Republicans and use the struggle of black people to get them to come to the Republican side. That's what they do. That's what Candace Owens does. She'll say, oh, the Democrats, they're a bunch of pimps and they're mistreating black people. So everybody should go be a Republican like me. And then the Democrats will say, no, no, the Republicans are terrible. They're going to come kill you. They're a bunch of racists. So you should be Democrats like us. And I'm the, just the guy who says, I don't believe any of you bastards. I don't believe any of you sons of bitches. All of you are liars. None of you are stepping up. None of you are ready to pay those reparations. None of y'all are ready to run me my money. None of y'all are ready to give back the assets that your ancestors stole. Make it, Pay attention now. Now, we study this every Wednesday. If you want to know this in the Black Business School, every Wednesday we're studying Poweronomics. Poweronomics, we do free Poweronomics training every Wednesday night. Uh, actually, text the word greatness to 87948. I'll send you an invitation. Text greatness to 87948, and I will send you an invitation to our weekly Poweronomics training. Because if you read Dr. Claude Anderson books, what happens is that you gain insight into exactly what's wrong, how things operate the way that they do, and why black people are consistent political pawns. In fact, one area where we are constantly used as pawns is in dumbass cases like this. First of all, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that the Democrats think that it's a good long-term strategy to prosecute your political enemies. I don't think that that's going to work out well for them because for every crime that you can accuse Donald Trump of committing, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden could be accused of just as much stuff, right? And don't think that for a second that after the Republicans get certain amounts of power that they're not going to start going after Democrats and trying to send Democrats to prison. So this is just a slippery slope that you're going down. I think that this Trump prosecution is a bad idea. It's only made this man more popular. If this man even gets a, an inkling of a chance to run for president, he has a very good chance of winning and kicking a Joe Biden's ass. But I think that the Democrats are probably thinking about that. I'm sure they're going to get somebody else. Like maybe maybe they'll have Michelle Obama run with The Rock as her running mate or something. It'll be something ridiculous. And, and then I think they might have a chance. But I don't know. I'm not here to be a political pundit. I'm just here to say what it is. And I'll just tell you this. I'm not really interested in politics. Just this week, I was asked to invite Robert Kennedy onto my channel. And I and I thought about it, and I, I was processing, like, where, where do black people benefit by this guy coming on my platform? And I was like, 
I don't, I can't think of any benefit for black people. So I said, no, I said, I don't really know why, why, why am I going to spend two hours of my life listening to a politician when I don't think politics is the answer for black people. I don't think that's what's going to get us where we need to get to. So I get tired of us being used as pawns. So in this case, what's interesting is that as they go after Trump, notice that the race of the prosecutors uh, in uh, first, you got uh, Fannie Willis down in Atlanta. Then you got Alvin Bragg up in New York. They always pick the black person to go after Trump, right? Because they want to make this Democrat Republican thing into a race issue. In fact, does anybody else notice? Does anybody else notice how often they show the pictures of the three soldiers that got killed in Jordan this week? Anybody seen that? Where the three soldiers? What do you notice about the three soldiers who got killed in Jordan this week? Anybody notice that? I'm gonna give you a moment to process that. They were all black. They're all black. And I think that they're going to use these images as uh, part of their their political strategy. I think they're going to use the pain and the suffering of black people to uh, to mobilize the base and get you all to come out and vote for them. Uh, and I don't think that's appropriate. I'm not a fan of any of that. So uh, so here's the deal. So let's get back to the the, the, the basic point here. So Fannie Willis, uh, the DA in the Trump case, is uh, has been accused of and has admitted to having this inappropriate relationship with Nathan Wade, uh, a brother that she works with. I don't see anything. I, I, I don't have a problem with it personally. Most studies show that we tend to be attracted to people that we work with every day. Fannie Willis is a highly accomplished woman. Chances are she spends a lot of long hours in the office. And I don't care how committed you are to your career. Everybody needs love. Everybody wants to be touched. Everybody wants affection. So she got she saw the, the, the black man next to her and said, hey, let's get let's let's get it on. There's nothing unethical or problematic about that. However, it might cross the boundaries of 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 ethical behavior in the workplace or cross the boundaries of what is actually legal or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not a lawyer. But here's what's interesting to me. This is what's interesting in terms of how they've responded and how we view this situation. So Fandy goes to a, a church. Of course, of course, whenever people, whenever black, whenever prominent black Democrats, especially or black celebrities, get in trouble, first thing they do is they run to the black community and they run to rally up support from black people. Uh, Diddy tried to do it when he was having problems with his vodka company. Uh, Kanye was trying to get me to go rile you guys up over his whole issue with Adidas, and I told him to fuck off. I, I wasn't trying to do any of that nonsense. I think that's stupid. Um, and because uh, I'm not defending you when you run around talking about swastikas or whatever the hell he was. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand that conversation. And, uh, and so Fanny goes to a black church and gets into the whole, you know how they doing us y'all it's racism. Y'all they being racist y'all they being racist y'all. And that's what tends to happen, right? Whenever somebody has a problem uh, that, that, and they happen to be black, uh, they'll ignore the black community until it's time to use the black community until it's time to use the race card in order to defend themselves. I think that's highly inappropriate uh, to me. Uh, you did something that you chose to do. You chose to sleep with this man. You, you're paying him, whatever. I personally think that, again, from a love and money standpoint, uh, I'm a believer that you should do your best to try to minimize the amount of personal uh, re relationship and that you do with people that you work with. The hard part, though, is that studies show that we tend to be more attracted to people that we work with. So many of you, in fact, I bet if I was to ask you how many of you have ever slept with somebody you work with, I bet you half of you are going to say yes. I bet half of you are going to step out. Now, here's the thing, though. Well, here's what's interesting, too. Who's the subordinate in that relationship, in that, in that, rela in that working relationship between Fannie and Nathan Wade? Who's the subordinate, Fannie or Nathan? Who's, who's, who's lower 
on the hierarchy? Who's who's the boss? Who's the who's the, the low totem pole person or lower totem pole? The subordinate is Nathan. The subordinate is Nathan. Now, I want you to do an experiment with me. If Fanny were a man. Let's call him Manny. So let's look at the male version of Fanny. Call him Manny. If Manny Willis was sleeping with a female subordinate on the job, do you think, give me a yes or no, do you think that that case would be seen differently than it's being seen here? What do y'all think? Do you think that maybe the way we would even process this whole incident would be different? Anybody heard of a guy named Tavis Smiley? Anybody remember what happened to Tavis? How many of y'all remember what happened to Tavis? Remember Tavis Smiley, Tavis, uh, you know, tall, good-looking brother, you know, powerful, wealthy, everything women want. That's what women like. They like the tall, intelligent, powerful, charismatic. He had all those things. And the ladies liked him. So Tavis, you know, he did what human beings do. He had sex. Uh, my God, I, I don't know. I didn't know that was a crime. And uh, PBS fired him. They fired him. They, in fact, they didn't just fire him. They made him look like he was damn near like a predator. Like somehow he had done something um, highly immoral, highly illegal, highly problematic. They destroyed that man. And I was not a fan of any of that. I said, wait, you, you're so now we're prosecuting people for having sex. And so in anybody who cheers for that kind of nonsense, I want you to be careful because now it, Fanny's going to be hit with those same ideas that she probably supported because she was. Um, you know, because she's a Democrat, right? And the Democrats are the ones who push this nonsense that if you sleep with a co-worker, somehow that's the same as assault. And I don't believe that uh, because in many cases, I have seen many cases where a wealthy, powerful man who was the boss would be hit on consistently by women who work for him. Because if you read any book on biology, you read any book on human sexuality, human attraction, you will find, ladies, please confirm this. Please give me some slack on this. Please give me a yes to let me know you understand where I'm coming from. Women are attracted to men that are wealthy and powerful. They, they're not, they don't, they're not trying, when they're looking for men who they want to slide into their DMs, they're not looking for men who work in the mailroom. They're not looking for the janitor. They're, they're looking at the CEO. They're looking at the boss. They're looking at the alpha. And so ultimately the trap, the crazy inherent trap that does exist within corporate America and a lot of American institutions is that we've now somehow got to the point where we define that to be some type of assault that somehow because she hit on you and you slept with her, somehow it's you coerced her into sleeping with you. How do we know it wasn't the other way around? How do you know it wasn't the other way? How do you know she didn't say, hey, if you don't give me some, I'm going to go tell everybody that you tried to get some and that you told me you were going to fire me. How do you know that didn't happen? I mean, seriously, we live in this world where women are capable of being as conniving as men. Give me a yes if you agree. Women can be just as sneaky. Women can be just as manipulative. Women can tell Women can tell stories. I'm, I'm going to just generalize here. I believe women can tell stories better than men. Women can tell a damn story that will have you ready to go fight, thinking that she's a 100% victim when you know that there are women out here that are really on some bullshit. You know this, right? So so to me, I think this is interesting because this is kind of chickens coming home to roost with some of these nonsensical uh, beliefs. I'm not saying that it should be okay to sleep with people on the job. If you want to know Dr. Boyce's two cents, just don't do it. You know, go get you some ass off 
out outside of your work. Like you ain't got to sleep with the person who's working next to you. You don't, you don't. There's when I got my job at Syracuse, first thing my dad told me, he easy said, he said, don't you fuck nothing on that campus. <laughs> That's exactly how he said it. He said, not no students, no administrators and no faculty. And I did, I followed my father's instructions. I did not date any woman on that campus, um, student, faculty, administrator, nothing. But uh, there was an older professor and, and, and he said, oh, he said, oh, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. And I said, I'm not risking everything I've worked for to uh, go in and just to go have an orgasm. I'm not going to do that. I can go and meet women in other places. I would date women in other cities at that time or other, you know, definitely not at my job because that is, that does get messy. It, it gets to the point where HR has got to get involved. It becomes incredibly awkward because you got to go report it and all that. So I understand why Fanny and, 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 um, and Nathan did not want other people to know what they had going on. But here's the thing. Here's the problem. Here's the problem for those two. You're in the middle of one of the most high profile cases in the country. Politics in America is so ugly. It is so nasty. So nasty. So nasty. And, and it's, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me one of the greatest poets in, in, of, of all time in hip hop, you know who one of the greatest poets was? This guy named Spice One out of out of the Bay Area. The Bay Area has got the most creative people, E-40 and all that. I know E-40's sister. I don't know E-40. Sugar T's been on this platform. Anyway, uh, and, and he used to have this, he used to say, have this phrase where he said, if them ninjas catch you slipping, then your ass is gone. <laughs> and, and that's what it is. If they catch you slipping, then your ass is gone. In politics, there's no room for slipping. You get caught slipping, it's done. And I and I think that if you're going to go about the audacious act of trying to prosecute Donald Trump, you know, a guy who has been in more litigation than anybody can imagine, who's battle tested like no other, who's got millions of people at his back. You got to really be on your P's and Q's. It's very difficult to, to take on that task. They're going to get dirty with it. So what they've done here, in my view, with this Trump case is they have basically gone to the court of public opinion. They have laid out a framework to say this black woman is highly unqualified because look at her. She ain't even disciplined enough to think about who she's fucking. She's fucking her co-worker. Her uh, co-worker was only hired. He was unqualified. He was only hired because uh, because because she she wanted her side piece to be nearby. And he's a homewrecker. Uh, New York Daily News wrote a whole piece about how his ex-wife is struggling financially while he's off gallivanting with Fannie Willis into, you know, going to these other other countries or whatever. And this all it's all about creating that narrative. Right. And, and the narrative can be compelling. Uh, now, how is this going to affect their professional standing? I don't know the, the law in Georgia. I don't know that part. But I do know just from a common sense standpoint, one of the things I think that's, is, that this is really showing is that uh, in leadership positions or in the battle tested scenarios, you have to be thoughtful about your vices and also thoughtful about how uh, what roles things like sexual discipline play in terms of your ability to be successful. I'm not saying anybody gets it right. We all mess up. We all make mistakes because love. Uh, again, I, I talk about this in, in, in financial love making. Love is powerful. Attraction is powerful. You know, sexuality is powerful. It's very, very hard to override all that. Like we think we can as humans, but I don't believe that you can. I think that when somebody just really gets you, you there's a risk. There's a chance you take. Uh, and, uh, you know, but then at the same time, uh, there are some people who take more chances than are necessary. And I think that as men, we're encouraged to take stupid chances when it comes to sex. 
we are trained to go risk it all over a big button of smile. We're trained to chase every piece of tail we can find. And I can tell you guys that just because it's available to you, just because the opportunity is there, doesn't mean you always have to pursue it. I think that you have to really balance whatever it is that you want out of that situation with what's at stake. What's at risk? And I would argue this, and this is something you need to tell your sons, especially if you have a son. We have a son who is six foot nine, as handsome as the day is long and super, super smart. So the minute I took him to a college campus, I saw the little girls, white, black and otherwise, all looking up at him, you know, and and, and kind of smiling and giggling and blushing and showing all the signs of female attraction as he's walking through the hallway. Right. He has no idea. He's like off in the clouds mentally. He's, his, his brain is off somewhere else, but he doesn't understand all that vagina that's about to be tossed at him as soon as he hits the campus. So I had to have talks with him. I said, look, you know. Um, I, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you that I think you should enjoy your life. But at the same time, you need to understand that every woman that you ever lay down with, you are vulnerable to that woman. Every one, every woman that you ever lay down with in your life, you are transferring power to that woman. You are engaging in what we call in finance, what they call the moral hazard problem. You are transferring power to her. Every woman you lay down with, if she's a liar, she can go say he raped me and it ruined everything, ruined your whole life. If she is uh, vindictive, she can come back and, and destroy your stuff, cut your tires and all that. And society will let her go. For some reason, they'll let women behave like predators and nobody thinks it's a big deal. But if a man does the same thing, it's treated completely different. She can get you fired from your job. She can go to HR and say he sexually harassed me. He for I slept with him, but he forced me to do it. Whatever. He she can come back 25 years later and say, Oh, yeah, he did this to me 25 years ago. I ain't got no evidence, but you need to pay me $10 million, or I'm gonna go tell all the media and they're gonna put your name in the headlines, and you're gonna lose 10 times more than that, right? She can extort you, she can exploit you, she can harm you in so many ways. So, so the reality is pay attention now. This is the point I'm getting at. I hope I and I want to say it in a way where you we can agree that I'm not sounding anti woman here. I'm not saying it's a, I'm just pro-truth. I'm pro-honesty. I'm pro-common sense. And I don't hear enough people having these conversations. That's why I'm having this with you right now, is that you got to teach your sons to be really careful. You know, look, men are going to be men. We want, you know, we see a pretty lady. We want it. Sometimes we want to go pursue that. And I think that you should. That's what God put you. I mean, you're, you're on earth to reproduce. That's okay. Right. But this culture, this culture gets so many of our men in trouble because you see guys going down left and right over a $2 piece of ass that don't mean shit, that don't mean nothing. A woman you could have easily passed on and still you got a hundred more you could have pursued. But for whatever reason, somebody told you that every time she looks good and she offers it up to you, you're supposed to take it. And I just think that is a flawed strategy. I think any man who wants to be a winner and be successful and be a king or whatever you're trying to do, you got to really think carefully about any woman that you decide to connect yourself with or involve yourself with. And then at that point, you're still vulnerable, but at least you were selective in terms of how you did that. Like, I'm very vulnerable to my wife. If my wife decided she wanted to blast me on the Internet and go out and do exposés, here's the real Dr. Boyce. Let me tell you what he did. He's abusive, y'all. He's he, he acts like a nice guy, but really he was beating my ass. <clears throat> my wife could do all of that. And you know what would happen? Everybody would believe her because I'm a black man and everyone believes black men are dirt. Everyone believes black men are inherently criminal. Everyone believes black men are inherently abusive. So people would just buy it. No matter what I said, the more I try to refute it, the more people will say, no, you're just you're just gaslighting. You're just. A... So when I pick my wife, I, I pay close attention to what kind of person she is. Are you an, an honest person or are you a liar? 
are you a decent human being or are you a manipulator? Are you a person who's going to go out and say something that isn't true? Are you a person who's going to go blast our personal business out on the internet? I don't even understand that. When people go out and they they talk about all these, they, they, they talk, they, they're like, oh, I slept with so-and-so or whatever. I think that's the trashiest shit you could ever do. I don't understand that. Why in the hell are you telling the whole internet that you slept with this person? You know, and, and, that, and that's there's a whole industry around that. Oh, I slept with this guy. And let me tell you about what he does in the bedroom. That's inappropriate. You know, kissing and telling to me is ridiculous. It's 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 low class behavior. But people are doing it now. It's an industry now. Right. And, and the more you become prominent, the more people uh, the more people know who you are, the more interesting it is when when someone can go out and say, oh, I got a Boyce Watkins story. I slept with Boyce Watkins. Let me tell you. But but you don't you don't really hear stories like that. Why? Well, because even in the midst of me suddenly, I suddenly became handsome when I when I made a lot of money and I became a pseudo internet famous or whatever. I, I became handsome, right? And suddenly there were interested there were women that were interested, quite a few. And I selectively picked the ones I would date before my wife. Don't tell my wife I told you this, but but really I would selectively pick because I didn't want somebody who was gonna be like, oh, let me tell you, Dr. Boyce, I would just no, that's not so what what I think doesn't occur is I don't know if we are trained early on understanding respecting the power of love, sex, and connection, right? And and I'm not accusing Wade of any of this, right? I'm not saying that Nathan Wade is a prototype of this at all. I don't know this man in that way. I will say, though, that the fact that his ex-wife is now his enemy is very dangerous for him. She's now the person that is, she's, you know, her and her attorney are doing everything they can to blow up his spot you know, apparently, you know, she's got this rivalry with Fannie Willis. And uh, and basically, as a result of that rivalry, the attorneys are lobbying allegations back and forth. I think Fannie came and said, you know, he was the reason he left her is because she was cheating with with another man. And, and the attorney came back and said, not only is that untrue, but you're violating the rules of your position. Like you're going to get disbarred by even saying things like that. That's what that's how messy it's getting. So it's really getting like just kind of ugly. And, and these things happen. Right. This happens. But I think at the same time, um, I think that the trade offs in terms of kind of knowing what you're, you're dealing with are important when you're dealing with something so delicate and important as trying to prosecute the former president of the United States. You have to keep the messiness to a minimum. And the fact that your wife is getting messy with your new chick. That might mean maybe Wade, if I was his friend, I would say, you know, I don't really know if I'd be start screwing Fanny. Fanny's she's cute, but maybe there's some other women out here that you can hang out with that are not going to create such a chaotic situation. Or maybe you got to focus a little bit more on your wife. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is because every situation is different. But I know right now he's probably stressed out because very few people can really dump dirt on your reputation more than somebody who knows you as well as your spouse. Right. And also she has the uh, the moral standing of being the victim. So she can come out and tell these stories like, oh, my God, we're struggling financially. What are we going to do? Right. So that puts a financial burden on him again. Love and money. This is the connection here that puts a burden on him where uh, someone might say to him, look, take care of your wife. Get give her what she needs. So she's not going to go out here and use uh, her public platform to try to embarrass you. Right. And that becomes very costly. And this is why when I was explaining to our son that every woman you sleep with, every woman you date, every woman you marry has something on you. She has leverage over you. That means you have to be selective. And then also certain people you just know, like, OK, because I've engaged with you on this level. Excuse me, I now have to take care of you. 
I have to make sure I don't mistreat you and piss you off or harm you or abandon you because now you have something that you can use against me. Do you understand? So the more you have to lose, the more you have to be thoughtful about being in situations with people who have nothing to lose. So you're a person who doesn't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to make it into a public spectacle. But then you've got this other person who doesn't care. They're like, I don't care. I don't care who gets embarrassed. I'm going to pull you in the mud with me. And the next thing you know, it just becomes a big shit show, which to me is that's what I see. When I look at the Fannie Willis thing, I just see a big shit show. And honestly, I feel bad for everybody involved. I don't I completely understand it. You know, we've all seen situations where, where one person breaks up with another person and then starts sleeping with somebody else. There's nothing crazy unethical that's going on. But when you mix Donald Trump in the mix, it, it just becomes a problem because now you've got something that's political. It affects them professionally. And to me, this is the ultimate. Uh, this is a really interesting scenario to think about when you're really trying to think about how love and money connect. So what I would encourage you to do is as you're picking your relationship, if you're a person that's a professional, if you're a person that's trying to build a business or build a reputation or whatever, I would encourage you to vet anybody you sleep with or anybody you date or anybody you marry the same way you would vet a stock you're going to invest in or real estate that you're going to purchase. you got to look at all the risk factors and you have to ask yourself, like, what if this goes bad? You know, is this a person who would divorce me quietly and just move on about their business? Or is this a person who's going to burn the whole house down and ruin my reputation and try to take everything with them? It kind of really varies from situation to situation. OK, you know, or, or, or if I divorce this man, is he a man that's going to quietly let me walk away and wish me well? Or is he a person that's going to say, look, if I can't have you, nobody will. So I'm going to kill you and kill myself. Right. I've seen these things happen. These things do occur. And I really think that in the middle of our passion for each other and our attraction to other people, people. We don't think about these things, right? Sometimes the very things you're attracted to the most can be the things that are the most de deadly, dangerous, and harmful, right? Things that come off as passion, like, oh my gosh, she really loves me. She's so obsessed with me, blah, blah, blah. Well, then that turn that can turn into pain where her daddy issues emerge. And when you try to walk away, she's like, okay, I'm going to now kill you and, 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 and bust your windows and get you fired from your job or whatever, because you're not going to leave me, right? She's singing Jennifer Hudson songs. Remember that song? You know, you're going to love me. Anyway, all right. So, uh, which is a scary song, by the way. So anyway, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up share, subscribe. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And uh, if you want to check out this pod, uh, a podcast on Spotify, you can look up my name, Boyce Watkins on Spotify or Apple. It's there. Also, uh, I, I'm a stock guy. I believe in stock market stuff and all that. That's what I'm big on. So if you want to get investment ideas or investment information or ways to get started on stock market investing or a training on how to make money without working, just text the word stock to 87948. Text stock, S-T-O-C-K, to 87948. Um, so a couple more points I would make on this case. So right now uh, with Fannie Willis, uh, where, where the situation is, is it appears that Fannie just made the announcement that she is sleeping with this guy. And uh, and I think that that is um, interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that she made the confession. I'd really be curious from a strategic standpoint why she chose to make the confession, because I think up until this point, it wasn't clear that they had the relationship. I don't know what kind of evidence they had or did not have. So it sounds like she's kind of laying it all out there. And she's saying, yeah, 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 we were sleeping together. But so what? Um, I think that the so what is actually quite, uh, quite big. This, that's not something you could just brush off the table. Because again, if she were a man sleeping with uh, an employee that, that he worked with, or someone that worked for him, 
it would be seen in a completely different light. And, and so I think she knows she messed up. I really do. I think that she understands that this is a problem. And I think at the same time, uh, you know, from a common sense standpoint, it has nothing to do with the price of tea in China when it comes to Trump. Right. Because if Trump was disrupting the election and, and seeking to uh, do the things that he did, uh, I don't see what that has to do with who Fannie Willis is sleeping with. But since when did American politics make sense? It's it's very ugly. And I think now what it kind of does is it sort of allows them to paint these two black, these brilliant black attorneys, hardworking black attorneys. I mean, both of them very accomplished, very hardworking people. It's trained. To, it, it's, it's sort of created a framework that makes them look sloppy, incompetent and undisciplined. It says, look, they they can't. They, how can they possibly put together a good case when they're too busy sleeping with each other? And 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 pushing the lines of, of 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 you know of legal ethics, and I don't think that that's a fair narrative because I think both of them are committed to their jobs. I think that their commitment to their job is probably what brought them together. Uh, but I also think at the same time that they should have realized that that ex-wife could be a serious problem. And so what's happened now is that the ex-wife seems to have decided that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So she's basically saying, I don't like this bastard. This motherfucker left us out in the cold. He's leaving me for this bitch. <clears throat> I'm going to destroy the bitch. I'm going to destroy him. And I'm going to work with the Republicans to do it. That's what's going on. That's what I see. That's I see a disgruntled, angry ex-wife. So to me, uh, if, if, if maybe, maybe a way to minimize that would have been to settle that case, that divorce as soon as possible, maybe not get a divorce, uh, maybe not sleep with Fanny or whatever, but it sounds to me like it's going to be very messy for the both of them. And so the reason I, if you want to know why I talked about this topic, I want to make this hundred percent clear. It's because when I wrote that book, financial lovemaking, I was noticing how many different areas where we don't understand how our relationships and our money are connected, how our relationships and our professions are connected, how our relationship intertwines with the business. So my argument is that given that marriage is a legal contract, I would think of it as an investment. Uh, think of marital therapy as an investment in your in, in an asset. Uh, in my book, I have another book called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's at drboycebooks.com. You can feel free to go find it. Um, and in that book, I talk about the black family as a multi-million dollar asset. So you, the black community loses trillions of dollars every year because we throw our families out the door. We let our families go. Our families fall apart. And that's wealth going right out the window. So <clears throat> to me, a, one of your wealth preservation strategies, in my opinion, would be uh, would be if you choose to get married, I'm not telling everybody to go get married, but if you choose to do that, then you probably want to consider as one of your investments, the same way you I tell you to buy stock on a regular basis, the same way we talk about buying real estate on a regular basis, the same way we talk about working on your business. Well, I, I encourage you to really work on your marriage. Work on work on your marriage, work on your family, work on your relationships, because here's here's the other deal. The truth of the matter. Again, I don't know. You know, 26 years of marriage. That's a long time. The, he, Wade and his wife have gone through a lot. There's no telling what they're feeling right now. But I'd be willing to bet you that if if he saw if he sort of looked at it like this and said, OK, I'm an ambitious attorney. One day I want to be mayor of Atlanta or whatever he's trying to be uh, me investing in my family and my wife is part of the process that's going to help me to achieve that goal so that that does not become a barrier to me actually getting there. And what does that require? Well, that might require me to sacrifice a little bit where <clears throat> I might have to do something that most people don't do. I might have to humble myself and deal with what is, you know, what could be some, some discomfort in my relationship so I can make it sure everything stays stable enough for me to really rise to the top. You understand? Like a rocket, when a rocket is trying to launch into outer space, 
the components of the rocket must be stable. If any component of that rocket is not stable, then it's going to explode and the whole fucking rocket's going to blow up. So I would argue to you, to anybody in here, how many of you are ambitious? How many of you consider yourselves to be people that want to climb the ladder? How many of you want to be a future millionaire? Give me a yes in the chat if you're in that category. I will tell you that that one advantage on wealth that I don't think many people talk about is you really got to look at uh, your family situation, who's around you, because your family can either be an asset to you or at the very least, you don't want that to become a liability. And I kind of feel like in this particular case uh, where they're in the public eye and they're getting all this national media attention, this job opportunity could propel them to something greater. Now it just looks like a big shit show because you got the ex-wife who's mad because you didn't give her enough money to pay the bills on your way out the door while you all fucking this bitch that you're working with. That's what I think his wife is thinking. I didn't mean to say it so crassly, but you get what I'm saying. Y'all understand. That's what I'm seeing right now. So anyway, that's me breaking it down. I, I know I probably offended somebody when I said this because I got friends in Atlanta and I don't. I probably know people that know Fannie Willis, but it's not meant to be disrespectful. They can continue this case. I told you from a political standpoint, I'm not a big fan of prosecuting your political enemies. This whole Trump prosecution, in my opinion, is very political, and I'm not a fa in favor of it at all. Not because I think Trump's a great guy, but because I think it's a bad precedent. And I know everybody believes that their side is right and that they're the righteous ones in the whole conversation. No, Democrats have the right to be Democrats. Republicans have the right to be Republicans. And independents have the right to be independent. Stop acting like you are the arbiter of truth and that you have a monopoly on what's, on good, what's good and righteous. That's simply not true. There are lots of Republicans that have very good ideas and there are lots of Democrats that have very good ideas. And I, I just wish everybody would talk to each other more. I wish we would learn from each other instead of feeling like everything has to be a fucking war. Because it, we, because if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you're going to descend this nation into a civil war. And that's exactly what your enemies want. Right now in America, you are a part of a sinking ship or, as Dr. King said, a burning house. Economically, we are a burning house. Socially, we are a burning house. Politically, we are a burning house. We got a damn border that's letting terrorists and gangbangers and child traffickers across in droves. And ain't nobody saying nothing. Big cities like my city of Chicago are being inundated with all these people that you don't even know where they came from or why they're even here. And everybody's acting like this is OK. This is not okay. This is not okay. So at the, so at the end of the day, if y'all if we don't get it together and, and force politicians to have policies that make sense, our country's in trouble. Our whole country's in trouble. That's my belief. Mark my word. You're going to see uh, a decline unlike any other uh, probably in the next 15 to 20 years, not even 15 to 20, 5 to 10 years. You're going to see major incidents, maybe a terrorist attack. Uh, you're going to see uh, economic decline further. We have $34 trillion in debt. That's an insane amount of money. We should only be at about 19, 18, 19 trillion. We're about 34 trillion. Uh, you're going to start seeing some other other variables that are going to kind of start wiggling and wobbling. Our political instability and division has never been greater. America is in trouble. And so when I talk, I'm really not, I'm not appealing to the Democrats in you. I'm not appealing to the Republicans in you. I'm appealing to the people that care about this damn country. I'm, I'm talking to people that care about common sense, people that are willing to compromise. Uh, and I don't know why, but for whatever reason, we don't have that in our society anymore. And also even in our community, we don't have that. The men hate the women and everybody hates each other. I ain't trying to hate nobody. I ain't trying to do all that. I'm just trying to 
try to figure out how we can survive this thing together. So anyway, I'm done. I'm done. I have nothing else to say. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, all that hammering that you're hearing, those are people working on the house. My wife is always doing stuff. And so she got people out there banging on the side of the house. It's the most annoying shit in the world. So anyway, that maybe that's why I'm cussing so much. I'm cussing more than I normally do. So anyway, you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit the thumbs up button on your way out. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Also, if you want to join us, we do Poweronomics training every Wednesday night. Uh, if you want to join us for Poweronomics training, text the word greatness to 87948. If you text greatness to 87948, I'll give you free access to my life class. I will invite you to Paradomics training. I'll send you our training on how to make money without working, and you get lots of free resources from the Black Business School. We have 162,000 students worldwide, and we are the world leaders on Black Wealth training uh, because we have figured out things other people haven't figured out. We even have the first ever Black Financial Therapy Department where we're working with the best therapists in the Black community to unlock the 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 psychological barriers to building wealth in our community because a lot of it's very psychological. Mindset does matter. So have a good day, everybody. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day and uh, good luck, Fanny. I think you're going to need it. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.